Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Shankelberg. And this is Greg Hutchins. Hi, Fred. How are you? Hey, Greg. Uh, doing fine. Thank you. Um, hey, you know, we were, you know, we trade emails and chat on a regular basis, which is, is always enjoyable. And so I, I appreciate all that. Um, and you'd sent me a couple pieces over the last week that kind of sparked some ideas for me. Uh, and then it kind of tipped my hand this morning. A, a former neighbor of mine sent me a message saying, oh, I heard you guys are in a state of emergency for monkeypox. And he moved out of the country. So I, I, I don't know what status they're in and where they're at. Um, and I said, I mentioned to him, I says, oh, I thought the swine flu is the one that was going to kill us all. And he goes, swine flu? Did I miss something? <laughs> I says, well, that, was, that was 10 years ago, you know, or I don't know, three, four years ago, or whenever it was, it was a while ago. But there was this, just in the flu, there was swine flu, there was, uh, uh, and I'm drawing a blank, there was like H1N1 in H1N2, there was this version, version. Just in in the COVID, there's we're up to BA five. They got rid of the Greek <laughs> alphabet, I guess. You know, <laughs> and and part of the conversation I had uh, with Jamie when we were you know trading email this morning was that it's like yeah, it's another one, and I see that you know in the community and stuff. People are letting their guard down and the local health officials are saying, no, Hey, we're, we're still getting, people are getting sick and people are still transmitting this and it's still evolving. And, but what, I, and part of it is, and, and then you sent me one that just made me laugh. It was a, a, a beach, I guess, in Australia. Why don't you describe that image real quick for our, our audio audience? Well, it's a, it's a cartoon and basically the cartoons, read uh, anybody who's running needs to have a helmet a safety helmet and it shows a cop right below that and what stunned me was oh and fine supply and fine supply so just get the visual you're in a nice beach in australia and you're running and the local folks you know constabulates or you know the the local cops are giving out tickets for runners who don't have helmets so anyway, somebody says, well, this is a big risk issue. And I was surprised at the number of people, almost 100, who really believed this image. Well, you know, the Australians are very conservative people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, to me, it was like, okay, somebody, you know, they punked somebody. You know, it was a joke. Uh, but the number of folks who believed it was simply astounding. And these are very smart risk folks. And I'm thinking, huh, are we losing our sense of humor? Is this a, you know, is this really the basis of misinformation or disinformation on the web? What's going on here? Yeah. Because it was basically a risk joke. Uh, whoever came up with this picture. Oh, it was great. It was a beautiful looking, you know, warning sign with little <laughs> arrows on it saying, you know, falling hazard and all that other good stuff on it and fi fine supply. And 
what I got, what made me laugh was the, the officers standing there, you know, and Phil regalia and stuff didn't have a helmet on. So they couldn't run after you if you were, if you ran past them, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be taking their life in their own hands. But it was, but when we were chatting about this back and forth for a little bit and it's, I equate it to, I remember going to see one of the guys I was, he was, he was a, a electrical engineer in charge of designing one of the circuit boards that I was on the project I was working on and uh -huh. I'm a reliability guy and I darken his doorway and he would look sad and he goes, what, what, how come I get such a reception? He says, well, every time you show up, you tell me about a problem. And it just adds to what I got to go to work on. Why don't you bring me solutions? And he said, you just walk in and tell me how bad my design is. That's all you ever tell me is how bad it is. You know, you want to do an FMEA or you want to do a hazard analysis or you want to, you know, all your reliability stuff tells me everything fails. It's like, it's not, it's not helpful. <laughs> so he just got tired of seeing me. And, but part of our role, whether it's in risk or in quality or in reliability is to spot areas for improvement is euphemistically saying, Hey, this sucks. You got to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, if I walk into your office every day and say, Hey, this is bad. You got, this needs attention. We need to divert resources here. We need to pay attention to this. There's, there's a, uh, monkey pox today and there was COVID last couple of years. And then there was swine flu prior to that. And then there was some other flu named after prior to that. And it's like, you get people don't stop listening to you. And, and I think there's part of it is just in how you deliver messaging and why it's important. Why, what needs to be taken care of is what's the fable where the little boy cried wolf, and then eventually got eaten by a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that could be a metaphor for a lot of professions, uh, maybe even quality, mm -hmm. where people come in to a boss or maybe to a larger group and say, we got a problem. And you say that enough times, like crying wolf, what happens? People eventually stop listening. And then they finally say, huh, we don't need this function anymore, like whatever it is, quality, reliability, whatever it yeah, is. They're just, you know, bringing us one problem after another. And, you know, one of the hard parts is that if you actually do bring solutions and go fix stuff and help people design a more robust product or higher quality or more stable or whatever, um, then those problems don't occur. And so it's not you're doing it right is so much less visible rather than waiting for a disaster occurring and saying, Oh, I can fix that. I know what the problem is. You know, it's there's, that's a whole separate podcast, I think, but the, the people that we're communicating with and who the web is communicating with and who the health officials are trying to communicate with are like enough. I heard enough of this. I just, I'm not paying attention anymore. I, I don't want to change what I'm doing. And I think that's part of the problem is that we're just getting tired of bad news all the time. So what we, what would we call a decision fatigue? Yeah. I think that's what we put on the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, we just simply get tired, tired of the problem, tired of the person giving us the problem, tired of the messaging, tired of everything. Yeah. So there's two paths that seem to be taking place. And one of them is people, um, 
respond to or react to things they really shouldn't react to. And I think even in, you know, talking about investigating quality or reliability problems, you need to do your homework to make sure that it really is a problem and what's the potential impact. Because I think that's the second part of it is that you actually have to think it through (laughs) and and do it. It's like that sign you mentioned is that people believed it without really looking at it or thinking it through at all. I think one of my favorite comments on that posting you did was, oh, it's you can't run along the beach without a helmet on it, but you can go swimming with the great white sharks every day. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's the irony. And maybe, you know, we just simply take things at face value and then don't go a step further asking why. I mean, I don't expect folks when they see this joke or they see a, a meme to go do an RCA or root cause analysis. But they should go at least one step further saying, am I being punked? Is this real? Uh, What are the consequences? You know, uh, (laughs) you know. But it's like, um, I I had one boss years and years ago that I I heard about a, a field failure problem. And I was like, in knowing the components and how the failure occurred, um, this could be a serious problem. And I mentioned it to her and she said, well, you know, it's only one. Um, If you get three of these in a short period of time, then come tell me. (laughs) It was kind of her filter saying, all right, one off is not going to end the day. Let's, Let's wait until we see something, a pattern. And so I got back to my desk and I had two more emails with two separate divisions having the exact same problem, you know, same issue of this particular component. So I went right, turned right back around and said, yep. And of course it was a Friday afternoon. I said, yep, I think we've got a pattern here. And it turned out to be, ended up in legal battles and I'd lost track of what was going on, but there was some major issue with the manufacturing of some components and we happened to find it. Um, but it's, mm-hmm. we put in all these different um mechanisms to protect ourselves and one of the ways we do it is go well that's just more information i'm not going to invest to figure out whether it's true or not i'm just going to okay i'll deal with that or or okay it's bad news or i'll add it to the list or whatever without it getting its full due and and if it is really humor then enjoy the humor but if it's really a a sign of a change that's coming on. Well, I'm tired of dealing with the change. I'll, I'll look at that later. I wait till the third one appears, <laughs> you know, kind of thing, the way my boss did it. But what do we, if we're in the role of saying, hey, here's a set of risks that you need to face, how do you get past that set of barriers or it, um, fatigue is probably the right word? How do you get past that to what's, to where we can actually effectively take action? That's a good question. Oh, and by the way, you got five minutes. Okay. So I've done done a couple of these. One on the, uh, (laughs) one that had a life, a number of these. So the senior management meeting about four levels above me wanted to know what is the material impact to the organization? In other words, what's it going to cost me? Mm Mm-hmm. And in one case, it was a life issue or maybe multiple different lives. And another one was a cost issue. So 
I'll cover both of them sort of quickly. One basically dealt with uh, gas, natural gas piping. What we were using at those days, many years ago, was uh, iron. Basically, uh, mm -hmm. you know, take uh, male and female fitting and basically thread them together. And to make sure that the pipes were gas tight, we would use a sealant, essentially, along the threads. Mm -hmm. Well, a little investigation, because I was head of quality, uh, for many years, we had been using the wrong sealant, wrong thread sealant. Natural gas, of course, is very combustible. It's got a mercaptan. You can smell it. But basically, uh, we'd put in a couple hundred thousand homes uh, using the wrong sealant. And again, this was many years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Oops. And, <laughs> a whoops. It was a big whoops, unfortunately. So um, basically, senior executives, meaning the president and the board, decided they were willing to accept the risk. Second problem, and again, I had to deal with the materiality issue. Well, uh, it's, but, it's yeah, and I can imagine it's, you know, what kind of reports have we had? What's, what, you know, what kind of environments are they in? And what kind of situations would the sealant fail? And, or will it all fail at some time? Or, you know, a lot of good information can go into informing that kind of decision, I'm assuming. Yes, and basically, how many people could die? What's the cost of litigation? Mm -hmm. Cost of death. I mean, unfortunately, it came down to that. Yeah. Um, the second thing was, um, I'm trying to figure if I can talk about this, but I guess I can. Um, you see, in California, you have a lot of high voltage transmission lines. Yeah, some of them don't work well. Well, <laughs> like as I'm sitting here in California, that's the problem. Uh, they were put up 40, 60, 100 years ago, and there was a life expectancy of 40 years. And now, 100 years is coming up, and these pieces are failing. Uh, the attitude of many utilities was uh, <laughs> run to failure, which basically means you, uh, when something craps out, there's a swath of area, essentially, that is blacked out, and they'll send out a crew to repair whatever it is. You know, the shackle, the bolt, the whatever it is. Yeah. Well, that's fine if you've got, if you're combating, you know, random type issues, a tree falling against your pole and knocking it askew and breaking the line or helicopter driving through the power lines or, you know, hot air balloon shorting them out it, when they're 20 years old. But now you go out and fix one that, you know, corroded through the the pole in front and be behind that on that line are probably just about to fail. So it's it's a different battle now, in my yeah. mind. And that's the problem. So the first place is figure out if the damage is material, it's reportable to the SEC and the shareholders, and what's the risk to the organization. Put a dollar value on it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the second case, and I've been involved with probably three or four of these, what is acceptable 20 years ago, 10 years ago for an organization is no longer acceptable. In other words, the risk appetite of the organization fundamentally changes. So let's take PG&E. Old rule was run to failure. Now, the state of California is actually going after the board and senior management, meaning executive VP, president, and going after criminal damages. Mm -hmm. So not only is a civil exposure, meaning dollar, but it's also criminal exposure. So as a quality or risk practitioner, we have to be aware of 
what is the current state of politics? Well, there's a bit more motivation for these major decision makers (laughs) because it's personal now. It's much more personal. You can't waive it. You can't have insurance basically take the risk. Right. You are engaged. So as a quality reliability professional, it's really up to us to put a dollar value, identify the risks and exposure, both to the organization and the people. Yeah. I know pg and in a, you know, local <laughs> news is they're in a, between a rock and a hard spot because they got so much equipment out there that needs certain work and replacement. And they only have so much money. You know, they just end time and resources. Even if they wanted to, they don't have 10,000 employees to go re, rewire the state. Uh, <laughs> so the they, projection last year I saw was that in order to take care of the high transmission lines would take something like $18 billion in 30 years. And I think, what, and I think the criminal part is the CEOs 30 years ago that didn't, address that <laughs> but they're long gone you know they're moved on and are out of the picture but it's there's there's this issue of uh deferred maintenance that i deal with all the time with clients is well if it ain't broke don't fix it kind of mentality mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the hard part is is that's the message back to them is well deferring a decision does not mean you don't have to do the decision. It's just going to cost you more later when it's an emergency and all hell breaks loose and you have to pay 3x the cost to get the parts you want expedited over to get the system running again. You could have prevented that by having the spare sitting there that at normal price and ready to go. It says, why would I, you know, and I, it's a constant battle. Why would I spend $10 today when I could, you know, spend a hundred dollars later to fix it when it's an emergency. I, I just don't get that logic. Why are you pushing off these decisions to take care, to divert something to preventative maintenance or to preventative cases or preventative actions to, to mitigate risks so that they don't happen. And that's one of them that gets me all the time. But I think back to your point is this, well, what's the material cost here? What's, why is this important? What's the priority of this? What's the evidence that shows that this is a, a, a systemic problem? Um, but even then, it's, that's a difficult process to get through to people. Well, and if you're essentially a reliability engineer, quality engineer, even a quality director, you're not going to have those discussions with somebody three, four levels above you. Um, And quite frankly, a lot of senior management do not want to be told that there's a problem. Well, there's, that's a whole different podcast. I think is the the culture, you know, (laughs) the culture of fear kind of thing. I think that's a two way street is the senior management has to recognize they need to see the warts and hear what the risks they're facing really are. But simultaneously is the people that are generating the awareness of that need to communicate it really well and be very, very clear of the true impact or potential impact. You know, there's a a rule now in in most companies. Uh, If you know it, meaning if you know something that is going to have a a safety or an environmental or a substantial risk to it, you need to have controls. Yeah. 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 You see that all across 
you know, I, I agree. I see that a number of different places. It, it's in some companies do that well and it gets its due diligence and it gets, you know, prioritized and, and thought through and executed if it needs to be and so on. And others are, it's like the suggestion box that you can't get another slip of paper into it because it's never been opened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that basically separates the great companies from the would-be companies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that might be the, that might be the summary right there um, is, you know, part of what we do in reliability, quality, risk, and all of these other areas is influence decisions. And in there is a general fatigue going on with just, if you're just every day bringing in bad news, which might be perfectly valid and true. Part of it is, is how well you, you message that or convey it and what's the true impact and where's your evidence and stuff like that. Every day the sky is not falling, to use another metaphor or uh, fable. Yet, um, it also takes the other side of that coin, is the folks that are making decisions have to be willing to listen and to understand. And, and what's the right word, Greg? Uh, rock? I wonder if that's even in the dictionary. It might be in the urban dictionary. But, Probably in the urban. <laughs> yeah. They need to fully understand uh, the German word is gestalt, the the whole picture kind of thing. And so it it runs the gamut. And I know that organizations are are better at this than others and, and the way we play a role into it can make a difference. And so if you're listening to this, let us know where you stand. You know, are you struggling with this decision fatigue or this folks just not wanting to hear the bad news anymore? Or is that part of their culture? Or do you have an example that's really good? Either way, we'd love to hear about it. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. And there you can find a couple of ways to get a hold of us. Greg and I and the other hosts of the show are available through LinkedIn, uh, which seems to be the most popular way to get in touch with us, or uh, through our about pages. Um, you, all kinds of ways to get in touch. But we'd love to hear what your experience is. And, and if you have any questions or anecdotes or maybe a fable I missed, uh, let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Um, so Greg, I think we just scratched the surface of this one. Um, I, I know that we've been trading messages all week on it, but, uh, I think there's more to it. So we probably, uh, need to make some notes for some future episodes here real quick. Yeah. I'll leave with one final thought. If you want to get promoted over the next couple of years, bring your boss's problems and solutions and implement them and you'll move forward and upward. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Talk to you soon. All righty, buddy. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation if you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show. Please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.